right, everybody. Welcome to Doc's Den uh, podcast episode number three, uh, believe it or not. Um, I'm excited about today's guest and a um, little backstory. Um, when my son committed to the University of Louisville, uh, I really wanted to get to know and understand the culture and the community there at the University of Louisville. And I reached out to a few folks that are writers and they do some background on the University of Louisville sports in general and their landscape there. And um, I met a gentleman that's on here today named Dalton Pence. And I'm gonna let Dalton speak about his background here and we're gonna chat about him, but it is amazing coming from the west coast and coming back to the midwest i guess you could say sort of the mid southwest um or southeast sorry uh the culture and the understanding of what rivalries and athletics and passion and it's just another level out here and um Mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited to have on today Dalton Pence from the University of Louisville. Dalton, welcome to Doc's Den. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, man. Thank, thanks for having me on. I know it's been a time trying to get it uh, scheduled, uh, but I'm glad. I hate to have this this backdrop makes me look I'm in, in an abandoned room, but uh, <laughs> definitely pre- definitely appreciate you having me on, man. You're good. You're good, bud. I, I appreciate your time. One of, one of the toughest things I've learned in starting a podcast is scheduling is one part that they don't tell you about in, in, oh my pod, gosh, man. in, in pod, <laughs> podcast school. Um, they, uh, they, they don't tell you about how tough challenging and challenging scheduling is. So right. uh, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate our friendship that we've gotten to know each other. Um, Tell us, tell the folks and everybody that's listening, tell us about your background and how you got involved with the University of Louisville. Yeah, so um, first, first of all, you know, you know, lifelong Louisville fan, a guy that's grown up going to games, um, you know, football, basketball, multiple sports, etc. I graduated from the university in 2019 with my bachelor's degree in communication. Um, it, but my you know coverage of Louisville didn't really start from there. I actually started you know covering the NBA, covering um, college basketball recruiting, recruiting in general, and then got an opportunity with um, the fan side that's Big Red Louie and Cardinal Sports Zone to kind of uh, come back home in terms of a sports coverage sense and started to cover you know football, which spanned into basketball and then pretty much seemingly every sport now that there is to cover. So yeah, I mean it's been kind of a been kind of a snowball effect since since um you know the pandemic hit and I started to cover the team uh, kind of almost in the midst of that pandemic and then um you know here we are now approximately uh, almost two years later and it seems like I covered pretty much every team yeah yeah and I I can concur that <laughs> your your uh, the content you put out on Twitter every day practically covers everything someone needs to know about any team at Louisville so that's awesome mm-hmm. um. You know, one one thing I wanted to ask you too was tell me tell the tell everyone about the Denny Crum days when he was coaching at Louisville. What was that like? And just, I mean, Louisville basketball. When you think of that, uh, 
back in the eighties and playing against the UCLA's and the Reggie Miller's. And I mean, just their battles were epic, were epic. And, and the culture and the fans would go crazy. Uh, And it's, it's hard to really comprehend that coming from the West Mm -hmm. coast, West coast, because college basketball out there. Yeah. We have Stanford and Cal, but we, it's, it's hard to really, understand what that passion mm-hmm. is compared to what Louisville tell me tell us what that is about yeah so I mean I mean for starters you have to understand that Louisville and not only really Louisville like the state of Kentucky is a huge college basketball market it's right. um you know one of the biggest if not the biggest market in terms of ratings uh, the city of Louisville is interesting because it's not necessarily big enough to be considered like a professional sports town yeah. Um, it doesn't really have any uh, true professional teams outside of, um, you know, some uh, minor league soccer, minor league baseball, et cetera. But it's a very big college town. It's a, you know, in, you know kind of like a, um, you know, an oversized college town. It's, it's based around this university. I wish I could have experienced the Denny Crumb days, you know, being born in 98 and only 23 years old. I have to relive it through stories, but I'm telling yeah. you, some of these stories I hear from, you know, Denny Crumb to Gerald Griffith and, uh, you know, Purvis Ellison. You mentioned the 80s. I feel like the 80s was when this culture, um, you know, really started to solidify. I mean, a couple national championships, you know, multiple Final Fours in that time. And seemingly every year it was a perennial title contender. And that spanned throughout Denny's Crumb time. And then when, you know, Denny's team started to drop off, you know, in comes Rick Patino, and then yeah. you know you have the tw- the 2010s where there's a ton of you know ton of uh, success at the very beginning of that decade that I was able to experience firsthand. You know, just growing up, and you know, Louisville basketball is just kind of almost like a I, I hate to call it a myth because I think that that kind of um, you know make, makes it a little bit of you know kind of unrealistic, but that that's kind of the the vibe around you know Louisville basketball is kind of like a uh, it's a pinnacle of this community it's a pinnacle of this city and yeah. um you know it, seemingly if you're a, if you live in Louisville it's almost impossible not to be a basketball fan so sure. but it definitely stemmed from the 80s you know small small side story so in 2009 I worked for um a startup based out of Louisville but I covered the the west coast for them mm-hmm. and and I got to come to Louisville come out to Louisville for the first time and they took me to my first Kentucky Derby. And oh, yeah. I, I will say that that weekend, I fell in love with the city of Louisville because of the people, the culture, and just the way they make you feel when you're there. At, from Just when you're coming to the town as an outsider, a, a, you know, someone that's migrating in and just getting to know people, showing up out of the blue. Or drop my phone. You're good. <laughs> and, and, and they're just, they're just salt of the earth people. Every people in Louisville are just so welcoming. I definitely appreciate that. I think that Louisville's in a weird place, you know, in the, you know, kind of between the North and the South, you know, right in the smack dab middle of the, the Ohio Valley. Um, I like to think of it as, um, you know, kind of a, a blend of a lot of different places. You, you get a lot of geographical, you know, you, you hear people talk about, you know, different you know, geographical places in the United States. You meet different kind of people. I feel like Louisville's a, a good mesh of, you know, just a, a, a collection of places. So I'm glad that your experience was great in Louisville, though, because, I mean, we, we definitely pride ourselves in being, you know, hospitable and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, one one thing I want to I want to 
discuss one part that I experienced this season uh, with uh, with Louisville football, and that is the rivalry between Kentucky, University of Kentucky, and University of Louisville. Now, mm-hmm. now I've been to a Stanford Cal football game, and yeah, do they don't like each other? Absolutely. Is there is it a big deal? Yeah, but I I've never seen a rivalry like what I saw this past November um, mm-hmm. when yeah, yes, Kentucky was putting a whooping on the Cardinals and, and that was, it is what it was. They played a better game, but I left at halftime to drive back and I put on the uh, sec radio and the university of Kentucky radio, the guys that were calling mm-hmm. the game. And even though, UK was up. I I want to say they were up four touchdowns, maybe 31 points, something ridiculous. And they were still laying it on thick, like with the, with the one liners and the haymakers. And I'm like, what is going on with these guys? This is just nonstop. Maybe you could share some color around, you know, what that rivalry has been like for the past, you know, 20 years. Man, it is um, it's no love loss. You know, put it that way. You think of some of the best rivalries in college sports, um, especially from the basketball side. I would argue that you know, I guess I'm a little biased. I think the Louisville Kentucky basketball rivalry is just as good as the North Carolina Duke rivalry. Um, coming from a Louisvillian, as I call myself, you know, yeah. obviously I'm a little biased. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's one of those things to where you know. whatever, you know, opposite end of the spectrum you're from, whether you're, you know, you bleed blue or you bleed red, um, you know, metaphorically speaking, you're, you know, you're taught from an early age that, you know, this is what it is. This is the rivalry. And you don't necessarily see a lot of people though. There are people that be like, I cheer for both teams, but I cheer for this team when they're playing each other. There's always a couple outliers, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things to where it's very clear um, when these teams play each other, that there's an, added emphasis um you know leading up to the game in basketball and football i mean you know what's coming people have the dates circled on their calendar all year long waiting for this day it's just one of those things to where you know you mentioned how how nice are you know the atmosphere and the rivalry from this past november you know i Mm -hmm. I can remember when you know louisville was you know a little bit better than they were the past year and right. um, you know when this rivalry was a little bit more competitive, I mean it's it's incredible. I mean when the teams would go to overtime and you know basketball when it's a last minute last minute affair. I mean it's 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 incredible, man. I it's hard to put into words just because you know I, I've lived it for pretty much my whole life. But put yeah. it this way, if you were to come come to me with uh, okay, you either have to move or become a Kentucky fan. Looks like I'd be uh, finding a new house elsewhere. I get it. I get it. Um... I, and that that response does not surprise me, by the way. Um, the the uh, the blend of of Kentuckians at that game uh, this past November. I mean, you were either wearing red or blue. That was obvious. But boy, were they giving it to each other. I mean, just oh, yeah. laying it on thick. And, oh, yeah. And and it's like it was a year of just ready to just a year of aggression that they wanted to get off their chest and whether (laughs) I, I I don't, it's hard for me to just come in and share my opinions (laughs) because I'm some California guy who, you know, all of a sudden my kid goes to school there and it's, and it's, you know, like I'm ingrained. No, I mean, I need to understand the passion, the culture and 
the the history behind that rivalry to really make it understand and make sense to folks. It's uh, it's definitely something that I was ex- when I left saying, well, this is going to be awesome for the next four years, five years, whatever, to watch this rivalry and see how this unfolds because to see people just emotionally invest themselves into two teams and follow everything they do and give their heart and soul into it. It's, it's really rewarding for me personally, just to see that Mm -hmm. passion that folks have for the game. Um, Do you tell us this, the, the current state of Louisville athletics today, what, where well, you don't really have to go into basketball or baseball or football, but wh- where is the landscape today? I mean, and to level set that. Well, I, I'll say it from, from two perspectives. I think if you're looking at it as an outsider, you know, looking in, um, when, when you hear the, you know, the words University of Lowell Athletics, your first, the first thing that comes to mind is turmoil. You know, yeah, you, you know, from the national scandals, um, you know, Bobby Petrino's two and 10 season in 2018, um, you know, so on and so forth, you know, losing your president and athletic director pretty much simultaneously. Yeah. When you're at the University of Louisville, you think, oh, everything's so discombobulated. Well, you know, and there's people in Louisville that feel that way as well. But in my perspective, someone that's, you know, very close to the programs, you know, I see what goes on. Um, you know, I hear about what goes on. I, I get to see these teams um, play and stuff like that on a daily basis. Yeah. I don't necessarily think there's that much dissonance because, um, yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, football here and there, maybe there were some games where we, you know, maybe should have won, um, you know, yada, yada, yada. Basketball, obviously, you don't like to be um, as bad as they are this year. But, you know, there's, there, you know, there's positive stuff on the horizon. Uh, and what I tell people is there is so many great programs, you know, at this university, you know, the way yeah. you talk about the women's sports, you know, volleyball, field hockey, um, amazing, softball. amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's what I tell people is that, yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to get engulfed and caught up in the basketball football side of things because they're yeah. your quote unquote cash cows. You're seeing them yeah. in the media. But I, I don't necessarily think it's a dumpster fire like people say. Now, obviously, I think I'm a little biased because of, you know, my my uh, loyalty for the university. But like I said, I mean, I think that this basketball program next year is going to be back in the tournament. I think that Scott Satterfield is doing some great things at Louisville. And, you know, he's you know, picked up on things that, you know, the program needs to work on. And he's addressed some of that in the offseason. So I'm excited for what 2022 has to bring. Put it this way. I don't necessarily think it's as bad as people on the outside want to make it out to be. Right. I don't think it's perfect by any means, but Hey, I mean, what athletics program is perfect. So, you know, it's, it's a time of, um, you know, where the right hires need to be made for athletic director and men's basketball and president. But uh, I'll just tell global fans, be patient, let things work itself out. There are people in this program and this athletics department that truly, you know, work, their tails off for this university. And I've never been more confident that, you know, things are going to get back to the way they should be. You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned the facilities and when, when our family extended family actually came from the, my wife's from New Jersey and we're from California. When we all came out together for the Clemson game, the one, mm-hmm. the one, uh, one of our, uh, one of my sister-in-laws played, uh, uh, field hockey for Bucknell and mm-hmm. the the overlying theme and conversation was everyone couldn't believe 
the facilities for the girls, whether it was mm-hmm. la- la- lacrosse field, the softball field, the soccer field. I mean, everybody, every field, and it had its own little stadium there. I mean, what the University of Louisville has done for athletics there is extremely impressive. How mm-hmm. they really invested in as much for the girls as they have the boys boys sports and you know given given the girls their own opportunity to shine they don't have to share or play games on the football field and you know where you put a hundred people in a football stadium it looks like nobody's there and then you right if the girls are going to play soccer and they have their own stadium and you're able to put 500 or a thousand couple thousand people in there it you know it has that atmosphere of 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 you know folks filling it in and people being in there bunched up together and rooting for the team. And I, my, my family was overwhelmed and really impressed by the stadiums that they built for the ladies as well. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's just the atmosphere. I think it's just years and years of the athletic department, just backing, you know, female sports. Um, They've really taken, you know, title nine very seriously. And I'm not saying other, other, other places don't, but I think this is more just an indication, uh, you know, indicative of how well Louisville has really, you know, built these programs up. Like you said, I think the facilities are, are number one and you know, stuff like that. They've also got great um, head coaches and leadership staffs and just people within the athletic department. I wish I you know, can have an hour to just name all people that work behind the scenes that don't get the credit. But like you said, I mean, I think it starts with, with the facilities. I mean, the Yum Center. Uh, Mark and Cindy Lynn soccer stadium, which is basically a professional stadium. I mean, yeah. the lacrosse field, Traeger yeah. in the field hockey. I mean, it goes on. You know, one, one, one stadium I'm excited to see this spring is a baseball game in that baseball stadium, by the mm-hmm. way. That, it, oh, Jim Patterson's great. It's basically a, a minor league stadium. And they're adding on. I mean, it's, it's got oh, some renovations coming to it. Yeah. It's, it's got some, uh, Got some renovations coming to it. I'm telling you, it's um, it's put it this way. It's one of my I, I do some announcing. I forgot to mention that a little bit, but that's one of my favorite places I've ever announced because it's just the way that it's built. The sounds just it like it, it packs it in, although it's a very open field stadium. So, I yeah. mean, it's Jim Patterson is a great atmosphere for what's going to be a great baseball team as well. Well, he sounds he sounds like a cool guy just from his last name. I don't know if he spells it the same, but it sounds like we have a lot of good things in common, just from us having the last, same last name. Um, <laughs> but what? Um, when is the first baseball game? By the way, um, they actually um, the the boy, the baseball team plays this weekend. They play oh, this they? weekend. Um, they they start their tournament. They always go down to Florida for like a little jamboree to start the season. But it's interesting because they have like, oh my gosh, it's like upwards of 15 straight home games to start the season. So wow, for anybody listening that wants to get out there and watch some baseball, doesn't have a lot of stuff to do, might yeah. be a little chilly, but I'm telling you, I mean, it's a great atmosphere. They've got some good teams coming in for the non-conference slate. And yeah, they've got like 18 straight home games. It's something wild. Something I've never seen right. before. Right. Absolutely. Um, do you – Let's talk a little bit because we we're here. Let's talk about Louisville football for a minute. What what are your mm-hmm. thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on this past season, and what are your hopes and optimism for the future? Um, 
I kind of alluded to a, a little bit. I think that there was, you know, a couple plays that separated this team from being six and six and nine and three and competing for an ACC tournament or ACC tournament, ACC championship uh, contention. Um, now, obviously, there there are some you know, there's some spots on the defense that have me a little bit less optimistic than others, um, but I think that this team was very good offensively. They got better as the season went on, and outside of the Mississippi game outside of the Kentucky game, there really wasn't a game in which they weren't in. So yeah. even in the losses, there are some positives to spin. I know at the end of the day, I'm really not a moral victories guy, um, but I will call I it like I see it, call a, call a spade a spade. And that's the yeah. fact that uh, it's not like this team's going out there and they're getting beat handedly, you know, six times in a season, like four yeah. of their six losses come to, a, you know, come to teams that they probably – probably should have beaten, you know, put it that way. And the other two, I mean, the other two teams they lost to are going to be in the top 25 next year to start the season. So it is what it is. Um, didn't necessarily end the way I wanted it to. I really liked what he's done. Uh, Scott Satterfield, that is, has done um, with the hires that he's made in the offseason. I like what he's done recruiting for 2023. He's kind of alleviated some of the concerns that people have had around him in year four of the program. But I think with the schedule that they have, um, you know, I'm looking for the team to make, take the next step um, in terms of optimism. You, you asked what I would like to see a little bit more in 2022. I, I want to see a little bit of a, a shift schematically on defense. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like with, with the reports coming out that they're going to switch to a possible four, three base. It, it shows that Brian Brown and Wesley McGriff are, you know, at least open to trying new things. So that mm-hmm. that's definitely good. So we'll see how, um, you know, I think year four is going to be a telltale sign for a lot of things. So I'm kind of in wait and see um, approach at this point. I'm, I'm not, um, you know, quick to make a judgment on either hand. I, I just want to see how this team performs next year. But I'm, I'm getting more optimistic as the months go on. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I was, I concur a hundred percent. I, uh, I was super impressed with Coach Satterfield, the way he handled this year, uh, the adversity, losing his father. And not shit. Everyone had no idea what was going on. Only he did. I mean, I was in the press conference. I, I literally yeah. I was in the press conference right after that that game. And um, you know, obviously he looked a little forlorn because I mean they just gotten beaten pretty badly. But I mean, I didn't know until about 15 minutes after I had left the stadium that his father had passed. And um, mm. you know, people were just bashing him for the answers that he was giving. And I I, I get it. You you want. You put it this way, there's nothing that anyone's going to say after a big loss like that in a press conference that's going right. to appeal to you. So I, I think people, you know, jumped the gun a little bit. And um, I, I felt for him. Like, I felt really bad for him. Obviously, that doesn't excuse the loss, but, you know, that you know brings you to a little bit of compassion and a little bit of empathy and stuff like that. So still wish him the best of luck. I mean, it's some, something that people never get over. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, like like it, you said, I think he's he's handled things definitely – Put it this way, he's handled things better than I would if I was in his situation. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And, you know, I will say that a lot of coaches during the recruiting process go and just say hi and blah, 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 you know, shake shake hands, kiss babies. Mm-hmm. Coach Satterfield went above and beyond and, like, invited us into his office, my wife and I, and we just had a 30-minute conversation with him about life and things. And it's just – the, the way he handled his business and the way he treats people, I could just see that 
it's not surface level. It's like, it's emotional and it's, it's in his heart. And, uh, I, I just, I, I gotta tell you, I, I think my son's found his home for the next four or five years and, uh, we couldn't be happier. And, you know, all the people in Louisville that have, um, that we've met over the past 12 months or 18 months have just been mm-hmm. fanta- fantastic. And, um, you know, it's just a, a great group of people. That's the best way to put it. Just a great group of people. It's like a second family. I'm definitely glad that he has found his home here. I mean, that's something that, you know, Louisville doesn't, it, it's, it's in a weird situation, you know, Louisville, you know, not naive enough to think that it's like a, you know, a top program, you know, like a Texas or a Alabama, Clemson, LSU, you know, so on and so forth. It's not in the bright lights of like an LA or a Miami or anything like that, but we definitely, you know, take pride in, you know, in just surrounding ourselves as a community and as a city around, you know, the, this athletics program and around this university as a whole. So we definitely take pride in that. Absolutely. Um, well, pal, um, I appreciate you jumping on here short notice and, mm-hmm. um, and talking Louisville and Louisville sports and athletics. And I don't think I won't be it, come May first weekend in May. Don't think I won't be hitting you up when I get up there for the Derby. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know that there <laughs> might, there might be some bourbon drank that day. That is perfectly fine with me. I'm <laughs> taking that. Um, okay, well, I want to thank my guest Dalton Pence for uh, joining us on Doc's Den today, and um, it's been my pleasure. He's a good friend, and uh, I look forward to our uh, future friendship. And uh, I will see you around the stadium, my friend. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me on. Okay, take care.